0: I'm just talking, babbling. This is what you came here for, isn't it? Hello my loves and welcome back to another episode of So I Got My VFA. Thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Kelsey and this is a podcast where I ramble on about all the things I feel qualified to talk about because I have my VFA in musical theater. So yes, that means I talk a lot about musicals and Broadway, But I also try to give my two cents on all aspects of the entertainment world. So like film, TV, books, plays, art on the occasion, etc. But before I get into it, I just want to say thank you so much for supporting this podcast by listening and make sure you leave me a rating or a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And it allows me to connect with you guys by letting me know what you like and what you don't like about this podcast. So with that being said, let's hop right in. Guys, this has been a week. Let me tell you what, we have a lot to talk about. First of all, I just want to address the elephant in the room. I am by myself today. I do not have my lovely co-host slash special guest sometimes who appears on the podcast, um, my roommate. We had a bit of a COVID scare. Guys, this pandemic is not over, okay? It is still very real, it is still very alive, and just because it's been nine to 10 months, it does not mean we get to choose and decide that it's over. With that being said, I have not known a single person that I'm close to who has gotten COVID until this last week, when three of literally my closest friends tested positive. And it's not even like in the same vicinity. Like one is in Oklahoma, one's in Maryland, and one is in New York. And so it's just so crazy that like all of a sudden, like all of my friends have been testing positive. It's, ugh, I hate it. However, my roommate and I um, went to see this girl who tested positive after we saw her. So we had to, we went to get tested. We are Currently quarantining. We did test negative when we got tested. However, we tested about three days after we were exposed. So we're actually going back tomorrow to get retested. But right now we're quarantining and we're basically quarantining from each other as well, just in case one of us managed to have gotten it and the other haven't. But we both tested negative, and everyone else that the girl was around has tested negative as well. So it's possible that it was a false positive. But just to be safe and not expose anyone else we are quarantining. And so hopefully tomorrow, if we test negative, we can at least see each other and be in the living room at the same time. But that's why I'm by myself today, but it's actually fun and I can get back to my roots and I can just get back to to talking to myself, which is what everyone loves, right? But anyway, just wanted to get that out there. I finished Gilmore Girls this week. I finished the series and the revival as well. And I gotta tell you, I've had a hard time deciding what to watch next. I think I'm gonna start Fossy Verdon, because I've never seen it. And it's really short. It's only eight eight episodes, I think I could be wrong. But um, it's really, really short. And I really want to see it. But I don't want to commit to something super like lengthy right now in the moment. So I think that's a good it'll be a good transition piece. But I'm Guys, I'm so sad. I'm literally always in the mood to watch Gilmore Girls, and I don't know why. I don't know what it is about the show that's literally... I could sit down and watch it over and over and over again and literally never get tired of it. It's ridiculous. I'm watching it. Yes, I am. I'm watching it with Genevieve right now because she's never seen it, and I wanted to introduce her to it. So it's one of our... Little bonding times we have as roommates. um, We watch Gilmore and Grey's Anatomy. I picked Gilmore. She picked Grey's. I've already seen Grey's like 500 times. But I digress. We're watching it again. But I don't know what it is, guys. I literally don't know what it is about the TV show that literally makes me just feel good when I watch it. And I never get tired of it. Let me know. Because there are shows that I've watched repeatedly that like at one point I'm like I don't need to see it anymore. Gray's Anatomy was one of them. However, I am watching it again. Thank you, Genevieve. Yeah, I don't know what it is. So now I've finished it and I'm not going to rewatch it because I kinda already am with Genevieve. I'm I'm just looking for new new T V shows. So maybe I'll find something and tell you about guys about it next week. <laughs> I'll I'll keep you updated. Don't even worry about it. Other things that have happened this week, I was a part of a Zoom big brother And I got voted out early because people thought I was super smart and being super sneaky when in actuality, I am dumb. And they thought I was winning secret advantages and not telling them about it. And so people thought I was going behind their backs when I was most definitely not even getting close to winning the secret advantages. But regardless, we had um, the finale was actually this past week and we had a reunion and it was so good to see everyone again. And it was so cool because I like actually made friends from it. I was only in it for four weeks, but I made internet friends over it. So I'm really excited to to meet up with some of them when uh, we are allowed to again when this pandemic is over, in 2025. At this rate, it was such a cool thing, and one of my friends that I graduated with is actually the one that set it up, and so it's super cool to see all of the the things that people have come up with and created during this pandemic and to see like what has played out because of it and uh yeah this is a great way to meet people and I had a lot of fun at the reunion I was very um catty because that's the character I wanted to play I guess (laughs) but yeah it was super it was super fun night and it was good to see everyone again other things that have been going on this week guys the prom on Netflix comes out when this podcast comes out, it comes out on Friday. I am so excited. I love the musical. It was great. I'm very interested to see the way the movie portrays it because movies don't always capture the um, essence that the true musical does. So I'm I'm interested to see that. I was very interested to see the advertisement photos for the prom. This story is about two girls finding a way to come out and be in love together in the middle of Indiana and the cover art was kind of just Meryl Streep and the gang and then the two girls were in the back so that was mm, not great. I am excited to see it. I love Meryl Streep and I'm sure she's going to do fantastic but I'm excited to see the whole show and how they actually portray it in in movie form. So I'm super excited for that. Another thing I'm really excited for that is coming out yesterday when you're listening to it because This is Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. This comes out on Friday. This is very confusing. Being a podcaster is very confusing because you have to talk about things that are happening like on the day that people are listening to it, but you're actually filming it beforehand. You guys know. Whatever. So the one night only Best of Broadway hosted by Tina Fey. I'm super, super excited to see what's going on. They have gotten an incredible lineup. And I'm just really excited. I wonder, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to watch it tomorrow because I don't know if they'll stream it anywhere other than NBC and I don't have cable. Can I see it online? I don't know. I'll I'll let you guys know. But if not, I'll definitely, I'm going home for Christmas. So I will definitely have my parents tape it and I will watch it when I'm down there. And then I'll give my review in that podcast, whenever that may be. But I'm super, super excited. This is a really, really cool thing that they're doing. It's kind of similar, I guess, to the the concerts that they put together earlier, the Sondheim concert and also the Disney concert. So I'm just really excited to see what's happening. And uh, again, like, so exciting to see how Broadway has reacted to these times and ways that they're finding to keep people invested and to keep the business alive and to keep keep people created. And I'm just super excited. Well, that's everything that happened this week. Um, I haven't even gotten to my weekly obsessions. None of those were, were a part of it. Um, those were just things that I wanted to talk about. But let's get into the weekly obsessions. All right, my first weekly obsession has absolutely nothing to do with anything involving entertainment. It is simply just a obsession of mine. I'm qualified to talk about it, not because I got my BFA, but because I'm a human being who enjoys Things that smell nice. Bath and Body Works has a candle day every December, I believe, leading up to the holidays. Their three wicked candles are $9. And it happened to be this past week. And you know that I went to Bath and Body Works. I literally bought three candles, guys. Did I need three candles? No. Do I already have about 72 candles sitting in my room right now? Yes. I didn't need three more, but the fact that they were $9 and not $24, you guys know I had to get on this deal. I am super excited. I've already lit two of them. One of them is kind of, I'm waiting for more of like a spring vibe, but two of them are perfect for the holiday season. And one of them um, I'm burning right now. It is spiced gingerbread. It smells like cinnamon sugar, which is my favorite scent bar none. Another one is probably my second favorite scent. It's peppermint sugar cookie, which is basically like a peppermint and vanilla smell, which, oh my gosh, guys, chef's kiss, like the best smelling thing in the entire world. And then the third one, which is more for spring, I got strawberry pound cake, it kind of smells like a cream saver. Um, For those of you who were born before 2005, you guys know what I'm talking about. The cream savers. It smells like that, but I'm more waiting for that one. That one's more of a spring flavor scent. I don't know. I say flavor all the time. And people be like, oh, are you eating the candle? No, I'm not eating the candle. I just didn't know the, what to say. You know, sometimes I mess up. I'm not perfect. Anyway, I'm super excited about that. They are burning constantly in my room, especially since I've been in you know, quarantine for the past few days. I have always enjoyed walking into my room and being hit with a nice scent of Christmas joy, is how I like to say it. So my next weekly obsession, guys, the West End is opening back up. I believe six opened back on December 5th. And that is super exciting, super encouraging. London has made it. It is just so exciting to see that they have found a way to make theater available to audiences, live audiences, even in these horrible, terrible pandemic-y times. It's encouraging to see that numbers are down in London enough to be able to do this. It's uh, exciting to see that they have found a way to make theater available and socially distant at the same time. And it's just so encouraging as a performer to see Maybe not Broadway right now, but another form of Broadway being able to open and being successful right now. So I'm very excited that that is happening. I hope that they are being super successful over there right now. I believe I saw six. And I also saw an article about maybe Les Mis is also on the West End right now. I could be wrong. But I I think those are the two that I saw. But that's just super encouraging to see. And hopefully we will get there sometime in the soonish future. Let's just say that. So that's super exciting, super encouraging. And my last weekly obsession for the week, guys, if you have not seen this, it is time to pause the podcast. Yes, I am saying pause my podcast, go on YouTube and type in Jimmy Fallon and Andrew Reynolds 2020 explained through Broadway songs. It is literally the funniest thing I have seen in a good long time. It's just perfect. I love Jimmy Fallon. I think he's a great late night host. I love his kooky Broadway passion um, (laughs) and, and everything that he does when he has people on his shows. But this takes the cake for 2020. It's literally the entire year of 2020 explained through Broadway songs. It's exactly what it sounds like. And it's just it's so interesting because you kind of forget about all of the waves that we went through, especially in this pandemic. I mean, like, think like early, early pandemic, like people were playing Animal Crossing. And now like, what's Animal Crossing? Now it's all among us. And um, it's just so it's so funny to like, see the different phases of quarantine, and to even see like the pre quarantine, like 2020 is going to be the year 2020 is the year that we change the world. And then like, boom, like pandemic, And then, but then 2021 is going to be the next one. But that is my, uh, I would say my most prominent weekly obsession of the week. Go check it out. But of course, if you pause this podcast to go listen to it, please come back. I would very much love that because our musical of the week is a very exciting one. So you're definitely going to want to come back and hear it. Today, we are talking about Dear Evan Hansen. This is the big kahunas. I don't think I've talked about a musical... Well, I have, but, like, that's as, like, relevant right now. I don't think I've talked about, like, one of the big Tony winners in the past, like, few years. I mean, of course, like, Lame is huge. Into the Woods, huge. Other ones that I've talked about are big. But, like, I feel like this one is the most relevant and people are the most interested in this as of currently. I have so many opinions about this. I have maybe some hot takes that I um, discovered when I was doing a little bit more research into this and actually studying the show itself and not just being in awe of the fantastic Uh, soundtrack and the staging and the lighting and everything that you're in awe of when you go and see the musical. But when you really sit down and divulge into the book of it, there are some things that you uh, that pop up. And so I'm excited to share those with you. Let's go ahead and get into it. You guys know we're going to start with the Wikipedia synopsis. So let's get it going. Dear Evan Hansen tells the story of a young man with social anxiety disorder who so yearns to make a connection with his peers that he fabricates a relationship with a deceased student to become closer to the boy's family. When a classmate commits suicide, shy Evan Hansen finds himself at the center of the tragedy and turmoil. In a misguided attempt to comfort the boy's grieving family, Evan pretends that he was actually good friends with their son. Eventually, Evan is forced to make a decision. Will he give himself over to the fantasy he's created? Or will he bite the bullet and risk losing everything he's ever wanted? Wow. I like the, (laughs) I like how the stage agent's synopsis was much more dramatized. I mean, I do like this dramatic reading voice every time I read these synopsises. But like that one, I really felt it wasn't just so much like, this is the story. This is the plot. Like, it was like, what will he do? Like, stay tuned and dot, dot, dot. (laughs) It was like, I wanted to know more stage agents. Thank you so much. I would say that that pretty much sums up the musical. I think that the storyline is pretty baseline. I don't, it's not a lot of excess plot like you get in some of the um, earlier musicals where there's like plots coming from every which direction. It's a small cast and it's all really focused on Evan and his journey throughout the show. But with that being said, let's get right into it. I have a couple of hot takes before we talk about this musical. I think that the draw in of this musical is the first of all the soundtrack. It is an amazing soundtrack. I mean, Pascal and Paul are great. It's got some major jams. It has a couple of skip songs, but like what soundtrack doesn't? I think another draw in is I don't know, it got a, it got a lot of hype. It won best musical, which I um Kind of disagree with, but we'll talk about that later. I mean, Ben Platt was obviously a draw-in and um, incredible. I did not see him live, but I did see him in a bootleg, which maybe I've... You guys know I watch bootlegs, so yeah. Anyway, he was a major draw-in. I mean, the the way it's staged and the small cast, the use of the small cast, they did a really good job with the staging and the set is amazing. And everything technically that went into it and the soundtrack combined is just it makes the musical great. However, the story I feel like has a lot of flaws. And I'm not sure that the message that the show is trying to get across is necessarily as good as they hoped it would be or necessarily what they were going for. I could be wrong. I'm not an expert. I just have my BFA and feel like I'm qualified to talk about these things. But I'm not an expert by by any means. I just give my opinions on things. But I feel like the message gets a little twisted and warped because because of the way some of the storyline plays out. But we will get into that when we get to it. Let's go ahead and dive into the musical. I love the opening song for no other reason than I love to jam to it in my car. Um, I think it sets up the family dynamics pretty well and showing that, Two different sides of the tracks kind of have the same issues. I'm not so sure how well it sets up the main character's story. We don't see a lot of Evan, I guess, in the opening song. We do see him, I mean, in the dialogue beforehand, obviously. We see, like, what is kind of going on with his anxiety disorder. We see that all in his opening dialogue. But as far as the song goes, it's really focused on the moms, which is kind of weird because they are a big part of the show. However, I, I, I would if I was watching the show, and I heard that that was the opening song, I would think that the story was more about the moms than it was about Evan and his journey. But that's just my opinion. Other than that, it's a great song. And I think it really, again, it just shows two different family styles. And they're both having the same issues. I think it's interesting that we don't cut parents a lot of slack. And um, maybe we should give them more slack than we do. Big thing that I noticed when watching this musical, or not watching it necessarily, but kind of divulging into the book of it a little bit, is that Evan is really, really hard on his mom when she's just doing everything that she can to, you know, take care of him. And she isn't always there for him when he needs her. But that's not necessarily her fault, in my opinion. Like she's trying to provide for him. She's a single mother who has to work a lot to pay rent and to put food on the table and to provide for her son's medical care and, and everything. And it just feels like he's very standoffish. And I don't know, Evan has a lot of flaws that we'll get to. But yeah, I just I just feel like as a whole, maybe this show is telling us to cut our parents' a little bit more slack than we are. We're getting deep on this podcast today. We can't talk about Dear Evan Hansen and not get deep. I mean, gosh, it's a whole musical about getting deep and finding your inner self and whatnot. We move on. We meet Alana and Jared. We learn that Evan is not really the only character that has issues, but I feel like this is very representative of the different types of people in high school. I mean, you have Evan who actually has an anxiety disorder and can't talk, feels like he can't talk to people and that makes him feel like he can't fit in in that aspect or where we have Alana who is, you know, very high achieving, a go-getter, also has similar issues of feeling like she doesn't fit in because of that. I I think it does a good job of showing that just because some people hide it in different ways, it doesn't mean that the, the underlying issues still aren't there. But moving on, Connor has an eruption with Evan and instantly into Waving Through a Window, which is a fantastic song, you guys. I think that this, maybe with the exception of you, will be found. This is, like, bar none, the best song in the musical. I think it encapsulates everything about Evan and beautifully portrays it through song. And this is really the only song I feel like that really shows his inner truth and isn't fabricated into what he is making up about his life or about himself or about someone else's life. This is just completely vulnerably raw Evan that we're seeing. And it's so interesting to see his take on things. Cause I mean like, what's the lyric? Step out, step, step out of the sun if you keep getting burned. I feel like that means to stay in your own bubble If anytime you try to step out of your comfort zone, you're going to get hurt. And it's so interesting to see that perspective. It's not an inspiring song at all. It's very much he's convinced himself that he shouldn't even try to fit in. He's just because he's just going to get hurt because he doesn't know how. It's very like soul shattering when you actually think about it. And, of course, like, in the car, I'm just like, step out, step like, It's just like a bop, of course. But, like, when you really dive into the subtext of it, it's really sad and heartening to hear someone who is going through all of this stuff, like, their inner monologue, basically. But great song. Obviously, it was a, a Tony Award-winning performance on Ben Platt's part. And then, of course, he has this altercation with Connor. And we have this little bit of a an interlude where Alana sings waving through a window, just like a tiny snippet of it. But again, I think that shows that she is also feeling the same way as Evan. She just shows it in a different way. And I think it's important to note that that is very real in real life. So very good on the book writers for capturing that aspect of uh, growing up and um, being social and, and everything like that. So then... Evan and Connor have, they have a conversation at one point where Connor signs his cast and Connor kind of opens up to Evan just a tiny bit. And then I think Evan writes his um, letter, which is basically his, Dear Evan Hansen, this is going to be a good day and here's why. But then it ends up turning out to be a letter about how today was not good at all. Connor finds it, confronts Evan because he sees that he talks about Zoe in it. And he has this whole altercation with him. And then the very next thing we see is Connor's parents sitting in the principal's office after he's committed suicide. I want to break down like Connor a little bit because I feel like Connor kind of gets lost throughout this musical because even though the whole story is like talking about Connor's life. It's all fabricated. It's all, it's actually Evan putting himself in Connor's place and telling Connor's story through Evan's mindset. We don't actually ever get to see the true Connor. And I think that the very tiny moments that he is on stage are really important to note. Like he freaks out when someone calls him a freak. And when someone laughs at him, because he's hurting a lot inside and no one sees that and then that very small snippet that we see him opening up to Evan before, of course, the altercation, like we see that, that Connor is like deeply hurting. And, and I think that that kind of gets lost in the rest of the musical, which is something it's just, it's a part of the plot that I wish was a little more heightened because again, we don't really get, to, we don't ever see Connor's true feelings about anything. It's all through Evan, which is why I think that this musical is a, tiny bit flawed because i feel like the message is like no one deserves to be forgotten no one deserves to disappear forever evan is kind of making connor disappear because he's giving false memory to his family to his classmates to everyone i mean this entire connor project is fabricated in evan's mind and so that's like the biggest plot flaw i find in this musical is that it has a good message in theory but I feel like it it's very jumbled and it's messy and I'm not sure that it's getting across the way that it was intended to get across I digress so okay so they confront they confront Evan about the suicide note which is actually Evan's letter that he wrote to himself But the parents think that it's Connor's suicide note Evan tries to explain that it's not but again because of their heightened attitudes. And because of his um, anxiety disorder, he just goes with it. And then that's the start of the turmoil. That's um, the start of everything falling basically apart for Evan, even though we don't see it until later. That's kind of like the start of it all. I don't know if I was in that situation. I can understand why Evan did what he did in that moment. However, whether you have a Social anxiety or not, it's just that just you just don't do that. You just don't do that. Like you, you tell people the truth because, like, no matter what you tell them, like, of course it's gonna grow into this bigger lie until you can't. uh, Ah, this is just like so many things. I'm like Evan, why would you do that in this musical? Like, why? I just have so many feelings about this musical. I'm very passionate, as you can tell. So then they invite him over for dinner. And Zoe, of course, has so many questions because she's like, you're not my brother's friend. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I've never seen you with him. So he has to create an even bigger lie. This is like the perfect example of like a small white lie growing into something that you can no longer control. He sings the song For Forever, which is a whole fabrication about him and Connor being friends and going to this apple orchard and hanging out and the whole incident with him falling and breaking his arm. And then Connor was there. It's, it's a very romanticized version of what Evan wishes had happened when he fell out of the tree, fell out of the tree. As we find later, he did not fall necessarily it kind of paints Evan as like a bad person, I feel like. I know that this is, it doesn't necessarily seem like that. But again, like when you really dive in and you study the the words he's saying and his intentions, like it's all a fabrication to make Evan feel better and not really to honor Connor's memory, but to make Evan feel like he's this heroic person who had a best friend and it's all imaginative and it's just it's very sick when you think about it in in terms of him telling just like blatant lies to his family anyway I feel like I'm going to talk about this so many times because he literally does it every time he has an interaction with the family he creates a new and bigger lie but anyway so he sings this whole song Um, And then he runs to his cousin Jared for help because he told the family that they wrote emails. And so now he has to create these emails between Connor and him. This is like the comedic relief of the show. And this is the only comedic relief in the entire show. It is a very dark show when you actually think about it. It can be inspiring in moments, but mostly it's just really dark. There's not even really a redemption story at the end of it. It's just kind of dark. And that's it. But this, um, Sincerely Me, is the comedic relief, I suppose. And it's just a fun song about the emails that Evan and Connor sent to each other and that Jared is helping him fabricate. That's a It's a fun little song um, between the two of them. And then he shows the emails to the family. And we get to one of my favorite songs in the show, Requiem. It's sung by mo- mostly Zoe, and we really see her perspective on how she feels about Connor in the show. I think the most powerful line in this song, and possibly in the show, is, after all you put me through, don't say it wasn't true, that you were not the monster that I knew. Because she's this is like so vulnerable in her feeling of Zoe, and we really see her perspective on what the brother that she grew up with and the brother that she knew and her truth. Because again, remember, all of this is imaginative. And this is what Evan is creating. And whereas this song, it's Zoe's truth. It's what she grew up with. We will never know Connor's truth because the show doesn't show any of Connor's truth. It only shows the lies. But regardless, um, I just think that that line in this song is so powerful, because she's literally like, how can I feel sorry for you? How can I not feel beaten up about this? Why should I feel beaten up about this? You were horrible to me, you were horrible to our parents. And now all of a sudden, I'm finding out these things. Why didn't you tell me sooner? Why didn't you reach out and and let us know? How can someone just come into my life and paint you as a as a god when all I knew you as was a a mess and a tragedy to my life. That hits so deep every time she sings it. And of course, it's like the climax of the song too, where she like belts an E or whatever. But yeah, we really see the whole family's perspective through that song as well. Mostly the dads and Zoe's, but a little bit of the moms too. And then the next scene, oh gosh, here we go again. Evan and Zoe, if I could tell her... This is a song that, I mean, I would consider a skip song, but it's basically just him creating all these lies. And again, like putting these ideas, these false ideas that Connor really cared about Zoe when he probably did. He he probably like, this is probably isn't like all fabricated, but from Evan's perspective, it's him flirting with a girl by telling her that he knew her brother and telling her that her brother loved her. That's not how you do it, Evan. That is not how you do it. Oh, it's like cringy to talk about. Like that's, it's just like kind of disturbing. Again, this is not me hating on like the musical. I I love the musical. This is just me commenting on the actions of the characters in the musical, which means that it was actually probably written really well if I'm getting this worked up about it. Again, I love this musical. I think it's got great soundtrack. I think the story is a little bit messy. But anything that makes you talk about it with this much passion, which I feel like I have not spoken of a musical in this heightened of a attitude in any of my podcasts. So that's how you know, it's good. And then the next scene is basically Alana starting to notice that mm, people are kind of starting to forget about Connor. And it's kind of that thing that happens when like, someone dies and it's a big tragedy at like a high school and like when it first happens like everyone's all over social media like if you need anything like let me know like rest in peace like he was such a and it, it, he was such a great guy he, all of these things and then like about a week later things start to kind of die down and Alana is noticing this and she wants to keep his memory alive because for some reason she feels an obligation to again it's the high achieving overachiever miss I have to do all the things personality that Alana has and she really wants to keep his memory alive and Evan's like I can't do this anymore I can't lie like I don't know what else to do and then of course we have Connor who is in evan's imagination and basically is a version of evan's inner thoughts i wouldn't even say that the connor we see in the rest of the show is the actual connor it's the idea of connor that evan has created but he basically comes in and sings him a song called disappear and he said don't let people forget about me like keep fabricating lies that you knew me and that we were friends because i want to keep my memory alive in other people's heads and again like this is another like flaw in the whole message of the whole show is that it's not that's not Connor. That's Evan's imagination and what he has created Connor to be. It's not actually Connor saying these things. But they sing Disappear, which is a it's a great song. I mean it's a bop. I I can't disagree with that. (laughs) And then that's when they yes, that's when they decide to do the Connor project. And this is when we really start to see that Evan has now become a part of the Murphy family a little bit. He's kind of... They're treating him more like a son. Um, Cynthia is very motherly towards him, and he's really made an impact on their life through lies, which, I mean, all comes crumbling down in the end, but still, oh, gosh. And she asked him to speak at the assembly that they're having for Connor. He obviously is like, "I I can't do that. Like, I have this... I have anxiety. I can't speak in front of large crowds. And she really convinces him to do it. And so he he does it and he tries to give, to give the speech and then he puts the speech away. And I think that this is like actually a good kind of cool moment where we see Evan go through this transformation. But again, it's like, it's he didn't do it for Connor. He did it for himself. And it's he's singing about himself. He's not singing about Connor, but he sings, you will be found or the beginning of it which turns into an incredible act one finale, like so moving. I feel like if you take this song out of context from like the musical, which has messaging flaws, it is a really inspiring song. Like no one is alone. Someone's gonna find you no matter what you're going through, no matter the circumstance, someone's always there with you. And that's like a popular theme in a lot of musicals. But this one just hits differently. And oh my gosh, the staging and the lighting and the doll, the technical aspects of this song specifically are Tony Award winning moments. Let me tell you, there's a there's a point which like there all the whole ensemble is in a circle. I don't remember like the exact moment in the song, but um, we finally see Connor's dad break down from all of this. And that was just soul shattering, like, oh my gosh, like such an intense moment. So well portrayed in the musical. Great moment. End of act one, moving on to act two. Act two, I feel like kind of the first few songs kind of take a hit. Like we, we end on such like a high note. And then it feels like we kind of come out of it a little bit. But we start act two with Jared kind of going overboard with the emails and fabricating things that are starting to be out of whack. And Evan calls him on that. And Jared's like, bro, I'm doing you a favor by not telling you. And it's kind of true. Like Jared has some very valid points. So that whole moment happens. And then we move into to break in a glove, which, again, I would say is maybe a skip song, but an important moment in the show to really see the relationship that Larry had with his son versus the relationship that he is now instilling on to Evan. It's kind of interesting. I guess I haven't really like delved into this, the meaning behind the song too well. It's definitely, he's like, it's the hard way, but it's the right way to raise a child is basically what he's saying. And I I don't know if he's saying like, Connor took the easy way out instead of sticking it through. Or if he's like, I raised my son this specific way when I should have paid more attention. I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of confusing. But we do see... That Larry is now taking in Evan as a son. Because Evan's kind of the son he always wanted, I suppose. But an important moment in the show to see the relationship, or to see that relationship really play out. Because up until now, we have seen Larry as a very, like, work-occupied, family-come-second type of father. And this is, like, I guess a, an important moment to see him in a different light. And then of course, we go to only us where we see Zoe and Evan's relationship. And Zoe's like, can we just have a relationship that doesn't involve my brother? And it's interesting because Evan kind of like, well, this relationship is created because I created an entire lie just to be in a relationship with you. So I don't know how to not talk about your brother. But Zoe is like, we can just be us. Like we don't have to have this outside thing connecting us. Like I'm over it. Like, I'm tired of that being the only thing that we talk about. Can this just be us? Nice moment for them. And then, of course, the ball drops. Evan's mom is invited over to the Murphys. She finds out what he's been doing. Also, all throughout this whole musical, I haven't even mentioned her, but throughout this whole musical, she comes in, and every time she comes in, Evan is very standoffish. He doesn't tell her anything. He lies to her about the lie which is a lie in itself, and then in another lie. There's a lot of lying happening in this musical, which I think I have um, clearly, explicitly stated. I feel bad for Heidi throughout this whole musical. I really, really do. Because she, I, in my opinion, Heidi is doing the best that she can do. And she's not necessarily, she doesn't come across as a bad mother who's never there for her child. There's that one moment in the show where she forgets that she has dedicated a, a dinner night. There is that one moment, but every other time Heidi comes in, it only seems like she's trying to do the best that she can for Evan. I think he's just being a teenage boy where he doesn't see that. Like he sees her putting him in therapy and going putting him on medication for his disorder as a you're trying to fix me whereas like she she's just trying to do what's best for him. And again at the in the very opening song she's like I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm I'm trying to do what's best for my son, but no one's telling me whether what I'm doing is right or if I'm being too harsh or if I'm you know just like doing this all wrong. That's the most important part about the first song, but regardless I think that Evan should cut her a little more slack. She's a single parent trying to provide, trying to put food on the table by working a job. And it's just, it's really, I don't know. I don't think she gets a lot of credit. But anyway, she's invited over. She finds out about all of this. She confronts him. And then we get into one of the best songs in the freaking musical. I know I've said that about a couple of other songs, but this, it's so weird because this song, okay, well, it's good for you. And this song just has a completely different vibe from the rest of the musical. I would say if I were to describe this musical, I would very much say that this is a pop musical. Pop musical theater is how I would describe it. I would not say that it's a rock musical, except for this song. And I find this song really, really interesting. And I'm interested to see what the rest of the show would have been like, had all the rest of the songs been more similar in vibe to this song than to like a more of like a poppy musical theater vibe this song is so good we finally see we see like a a breakdown of, of everyone we see a breakdown of Heidi Alana Jared and then we see the breakdown of Evan too like we see him realize all of these lies are coming back to haunt him and he can no longer keep up with it and then of course at the end of that Alana comes in and she's like this Connor project is no longer getting clout and we still need to raise money for the apple orchard but I found his suicide note let's post that and Evan's like no Nix. like this is where I draw the line we do not do this and she doesn't anyway and of course it blows up in everyone's face it blows up in his face it blows up in the family's face um and that's when of course he has to tell them the truth and I mean gosh like I don't feel bad for Evan but this song almost makes me It almost makes me feel bad for him because it's written so well. And it's, it just like the characterization in the song, first of all, is, I mean, it was written flawlessly, I feel like, but it's just like, he's like completely breaking down. He realizes what he's done is wrong. And he realizes that he basically ruined the family's life and their, all of their mindsets and memories of Connor. He has warped. And completely crushed all of them, and he just—I mean, like he so explicitly portrays that in the song, and it's—it's really a beautiful moment. And I kind of like that there's not too much of a, of a redemption story for him. There is a—the re- next song is a redemption story for Heidi and his and Evan's relationship, so big, so small, where Heidi lays out all of the details of his father leaving him and what she had to do to keep him alive and to raise him and everything like that, which is a beautiful song. It feels slightly out of place. I feel like I wish this had come before words fail, just so we saw words fail. And then we see, we see the flash forward to the next year, just because it kind of almost takes you out of what's actually happening in the musical. But anyway, it's still, it's a really good song and it's a good moment for Heidi and Evan as well. And then of course, a year later, he goes to the apple orchard, he sees Zoe, they have like this nice confrontation, and then he has his small redemption story. But I do like that there is no big redemption for him. Like, he didn't really fix everything. He's on okay-ish terms with the family and with Zoe again, but like, he didn't get the girl back. He didn't really get anything out of this. Besides maybe a little bit more confidence, there is no redemption story for Evan, really. Except for when he's like, Dervin Hansen, today's gonna be a good day and here's why. Because you don't have to be anybody but yourself. So he finds redemption within himself, which is, is good. But um, there is no reconciliation, really, between him and the rest of the family. Which I feel like is appropriate. I wanna say that that kind of, I feel like that ties up the show really, really nicely. Because if they had given him this huge redemption story, I just feel like it doesn't show that what he did is in any way bad because that is something, what he did is something that you just can't really overlook. That's the show, guys. Obviously, I had a lot of thoughts about it. I do think that it's a good musical. That's the the thing of it all is that it is well written in a sense. I think that they, and I could be wrong, Maybe they weren't trying to do this, but I do think that they were trying to get across a message that got warped within the storyline of the journey that Evan has to go through to get there. Because the message of it all is that you're not alone and people are going to be there for you and no matter what you're going through, like it's going to get better. But that's not really the message we get, knowing that everything... That happens in the story and even Connor's memory is a fabrication and an imagination of what Evan has created in his own head. But that's my opinion on the show. I do think it's a great show. I did mention this earlier. I don't think that it should have won Best Musical only because um come from away was also nominated this year and also great comment as well i never saw groundhog's day so i have no comment on that but i did see both of those other musicals and i honestly think that come from away should have come out with it because ah gosh i just love well i really love ensemble work and i mean that entire show it's an it's all ensemble i mean the story is just as powerful if not more powerful than Dear Evan Hansen. I mean, everything—the staging, the light, all the technical aspects—were just as good. And I don't know. I just feel like that was a more important story, in my opinion, and not not necessarily more a more important story to be told, but it was just portrayed better than Dear Evan Hansen was. That being said, again. Jaron Hansen is a phenomenal musical, and I have very little bad things to say about it. I have a lot of bad things to say about what the character decides to do, but as far as the musical goes, I have little bad things to say about it. And also, shout out to Great Comet as well. I really thought Great Comet was going to come away with it, because I hadn't seen Come from Away at that point, but I think that, I mean, gosh, like, looking at some of the past Tonys, it's it's been very obvious the, like, the recent, it's been very obvious who's going to walk away with the win. And that that was a good year. That was, I feel like that might have been, like, the last good year we had. Because the next year was, was like, Mean Girls. And, um, I mean, the band visit definitely deserves to win everything. It was amazing. But, like, it was, like, the last, like, solid, like, group of musicals, I feel like. Go 2017. So, now wow. that we've talked about the musical, let's go on and get into my favorite character, my least favorite character, my gold star Tony Award winning moment my rating. And of course, you guys know my dream cast. Alright, favorite character. I don't know why. It's gotta be Jared. (laughs) Is that awful? He has like no character development. But I just I find him funny. I guess if I had to give like a second place, maybe I would say a lot of uh, a lot of the characters have flaws. Maybe Heidi, just because I personally could see I guess I think her story development was my favorite. And in the sense that um, I was like with her on most of it. I felt bad. The story made me feel bad for her. So maybe that's why. My least favorite character, get ready for this. Hot, hot take. Are you sitting down? Cause I'm about to give you the real on how I feel. Mr. Evan Hansen himself was my least favorite character. Yup. I'm sorry guys, I'm sorry. I just don't like what he did. It felt grimy. It, it, didn't, it didn't feel justified either. It really didn't. He did not well I feel like because once he saw what the lie was getting him, it was getting him a new family. It was getting him a girlfriend. It was getting him fame. It was getting him attention in school. And he didn't stop it. And the only thing that made him stop it was when it went too far and it hurt the family. That's the only reason he stopped it. I just feel like that's kind of grimy. And it's not, it has nothing to do with his character development, it has nothing to do with the way he was written, it has nothing to do with the um, depth of the character, it has everything to do with the decisions that he made throughout the musical. And I, I feel bad for him, of course. I mean, I mean, you can't not recognize that everything that he goes through as a character. Obviously, like, when he explains that he did not fall out of the tree, that, I mean, like, you feel for him. You really, really do. He's going through so much as a person. Like, he takes on a lot. But I don't think that it justifies the actions that he decided to take in the rest of the plot. I just don't. And for that reason, he's my least favorite character. Moving on. My Gold Star Tony Award winning moment. (sighs) I had a moment written down and now I'm thinking that another moment. I'll say both of them. So my first one was there's a moment, I think I already talked about it, and you will be found when the staging, all of the ensemble is like in a circle and the dad is in the very middle and he just breaks down. And that's the first time we've seen Larry be vulnerable about the situation or about anything in life at all. And it's just, it was beautifully staged. It's at at a powerful point in the song as well. So it's like a super nice moment that just really tugs at your heartstrings. But the other gold star award winning moment, I feel like is the end of good for you when everyone is just like calling him out. And he's having this like mental breakdown because he's like, oh, I did all all of this wrong. That's a really good moment as well. So those are my two gold star Tony award winning moments. And then, like, also, like, any of Ben Platt's interpretation of Evan, because I will say, when I watched the bootleg, <clears throat> he was fantastic. I had some, some doubts uh, about these, um, like what, twenty-seven-year-olds portraying high school kids. Okay, so like, it's different. I feel like it's different. It's not on a show-to-show basis, but like for this musical specifically, I feel like maybe like a maybe like a young twenties or like or late, late teens are the appropriate age, but these guys were like a little bit too old to be playing these roles. But anyway, regardless of that, Ben Platt did an amazing, amazing portrayal of this character. Do I think that he should be playing it in the movie? I do not, but that's only because I feel like he had his like moment on Broadway. Can we give it to someone else maybe? But then I mean, uh, you know, he was great. So like, it's also like a toss up. My rating because it's such a fantastic musical, but I do find issues with the message of it all. And there are like a few flaws in the plot line. I'm giving it seven out of 10 apple trees. I feel like that's a pretty fair rating too. I was gonna actually give it lower, but then no, you know what, I want to give it eight out of 10 apple trees. Yeah, eight out of 10 apple trees. That's my final word on it all. It's a great musical, it's portrayed really well, just has a few minor flaws. But 8 out of 10 is still pretty high, so don't come for me. <laughs> and now, the moment you've all been waiting for, or at least the moment I've been waiting for, this is my favorite part, I don't know why, I think it's because I actually get to think about if I was like on the, the casting side of things, what would I do? But it's the dream cast! So, starting with Evan, I have two options. One was the first person that came to my mind, and two is the person that maybe makes a little bit more sense. But the first person I have is Isaac Powell. He was most recently seen as Daniel in Once uh, Once on this Island. Isaac Powell was like the first person that popped into my head. I don't know why. I just feel like he would do really well. But the person that makes a little bit more sense, only because I saw him in The Lightning Thief as Percy Jackson, Chris McCarroll, I just feel like would take on this character really really well and he would do a really good job portraying it but i think that that's because i see him as i saw him as percy which is like not too similar to evan but like same type of characteristics those are my two evans let me know if you agree with me my next person is heidi and obviously i went with elizabeth stanley i there is no other person in my mind i think she would be fantastic as heidi i mean obviously like rachel bay jones was also incredible. But I don't know why Elizabeth Stanley is just like doing it for me. Zoe, I said Christy Altimore. I see Zoe as this very youthful. I think that the, the thing that Oh, I didn't think about this when I cast her because Zoe is kind of like, she's not like emo, but she's like, very lax about everything and not very spunky. I think that's where Christy Altimore might not be the best option. But as far as, like, youthful energy and a very mixy voice, that's the first person that came to my mind. So that's where I'm at on that. Connor, I said Anthony Ramos. Maybe he's a little bit too old for it, but if Ben Platt can play Evan and Lauren Dreyfus can play Zoe, Anthony Ramos can play Connor. That's all I have to say. Alana, I said Celia Gooding. Just makes sense. She's in Jagged Little Poe right now. She totally has the voice to do it. And I think she'd be great, Alana. Jared, I said, George Salazar, chef's kiss. That is my best casting. I mean, just the characters I've seen him play in the past, like Jared would be perfect for him. And I almost cast Will Roland as Evan. And I didn't realize, I mean, I could have because he didn't play the role, but I did not know that Will was the original Jared. I just didn't. I don't know why. I don't know how that, I missed that. But um, he would also be a great Evan Hansen. I'm just really thinking about the cast to be more chill now. So that's where my head's at. Um, Larry, I said Peter Gallagher because I love Peter Gallagher. And he has that very, I'm a dad who played baseball with my son kind of vibe. So that's where I'm at. And then Cynthia, get ready. Miss Alice Ripley herself because it just makes sense. And I don't need to explain myself any further on that. Thank you very much. Sign still delivered. That's my dream cast. And that is my analysis of Dear Evan Hansen. I was so nervous to cover Dear Evan Hansen because I was like, this is like kind of a cult musical. And if I say something bad about it, I'm going to get a lot of flack for it. But I don't, like I said, like I don't, I love the musical. It's a great musical. I just think that there are a little bit of some plot flaws and also, I don't agree with what Evan does in the musical. But that does not mean that I do not like the musical. I love the musical. I just wanted to, to uh, state that, reiterate that over and over again. Let's move on to my favorite part of the entire podcast. It's the game. I feel like I have kind of been slacking on the games. Last last week's was a little bit weird. And it's because I kind of came up with it at the very last minute. But this week, I'm super excited. The games have kind of been geared around musical theater And this podcast is called So I Got My BFA, so that I can openly talk about anything in the entertainment world that falls under the acting entertainment category. And so I'm playing a game this week that has nothing to do with musical theater and everything to do with TV shows. I'm playing Guess the Theme Song. You heard it here first. I'm going to play about five seconds of a theme song to it. To popular TV shows and I'm gonna see if I can guess what they are. I just found a link on YouTube. I have not listened to it and I'll be honest I don't know every single television show that's out there. I do know there are some shows that I have watched I have not watched that I do know the theme songs for just because they're popular theme songs so I'm sure that I'll be able to guess but there are some that I don't know at all that I can't wait to see what I'm excited to see the ones that I don't know, so that I can decide what show I think fits the theme song. Um, so I'm really excited. So let's go ahead and get started. Like I said, it's just, just a link on YouTube, and it's actually called Guess the Popular TV Show Theme, so like, it doesn't show me what they are. So I'm excited. Here we go. All right, guys. Here's the first one. That is Friends. I don't watch Friends. I've seen maybe one episode, but I do know that the I do know it. That is 100% Friends. It was Friends. I was correct. I know that anywhere. All right. Number 2. That is the Adams family. Thank you very much. To see you, They really are. The, the Adams family. I don't know how much of these I can play without getting copyrighted. I'm just going to, you know, do my best. <laughs> All right, number 3. Um Okay, I feel like I know what that should be. I've definitely heard that before. I don't I have no idea. <laughs> but I've definitely heard it before. Maybe like CSI CSI Miami. Is that a television show? I don't know. Let's see. The X-Files. Okay. Well, I've never seen The X-Files, but I feel like that's close enough to CSI, right? Sure. All right. Number four. Here's the story of a lovely lady who was... The Brady Bunch. I know that. Anywhere. That's right. All right. Number five. Huh? I have no idea. That sounded, like, that sounded like some alien stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's Pirates of the Caribbean have a, a theme song. I have no idea what that is. What is it? Doctor Who. I would have never guessed that. Never a million years. All right, number six. Nope. Nope. That sounds like some pirates right there. That's got... To- Pirates of the Caribbean is a movie. Why would it have a theme song? I have no idea what that is. Okay, I'm gonna guess. It has some like, there's like some, it sounds like charging music with some like intensity, some sort of like maybe some battles. I don't know, Game of Thrones. I have never seen an episode of Game of Thrones in my life. I don't know why. I just feel like maybe. Oh my God, I was right. It's Game of Thrones. Are you guys having fun? I'm having a lot of fun. So thanks for listening to me. Have fun. All right. Number, okay, there's, this episode is like 10 minutes long. So I'm going to have to cut this short. But like, what's the next one? Whatever happened to predictability? Whatever happened to predictability? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I can't even guess what that might be. I'm not even going to guess. What is it? <gasps> Full House? I just exposed myself. I've never seen Full House. Not one on, one singular episode. But I have intentions of watching it. It's on my Hulu, like, to watch list. So maybe I will. Oh, that's Glee. Glee doesn't have a theme song, though. That is the music they play, though, is it? So is it Glee? It's Glee. Come on. My entire childhood. Alright, next. This is a story all about how my life got turned upside. That is The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes, it is. Correct. (laughs) There's, like, some of these that I just, like, know that are just ingrained in my brain. Even though I've never really... I've seen a few episodes of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but I've never seen, like, anything, like, significant. That's the game. (laughs) I hope you had fun. I had fun. But maybe I'll do, like, more things like this that aren't necessarily associated with musical theater. Because I had a lot of fun doing that, and I also feel like a lot of people click on this. Well, I mean, I guess if you click on this, you're like, I'm here for musical theater. Because that's kind of most of what I talk about. But it's a good, like, break from it, you know? It's like, I do have a life outside of musical theater, which includes watching a bunch of television. Entertainment is just really fun for me. I don't know why. Anyway. So that's the game. I don't know what I'll do next week. I'm sure I'll come up with something, but we're going to move on to the final segment of the podcast. This is this is actually probably my favorite segment because I feel like I love imparting any type of wisdom that I've learned or um, that I've gained from other people in my life or um, influential people. And I love imparting it on to my listeners. So if you, made it this, if you make it this far in the podcast and you're still listening at this point, thank you. I think you're hearing the best part. I saved the best for last. This is my favorite part. So my advice column of the week is don't be afraid to ask questions. And this is not just advice for you, but it's advice for me as well, because I am definitely someone who has an issue asking for help. I feel like I should be able to do everything on my own or that I should be able to figure it out. And I always feel like I'm burdening someone when I'm asking them a question, but that is just not the case, especially like your teachers or your professors or your mentors. They're there to help you. They're there For you to ask questions because you're not supposed to know everything. You're not supposed to walk into a situation and know exactly what you're supposed to do. There's no shame in asking a question or asking someone for help. And honestly doing that kind of creates like this relationship between you and that person in a totally different way. If you are wanting to gain insight from someone who's been influential, or even just say like a teacher who you love taking their class, ask them questions, because then they get to know you more. And you also gain knowledge from them. But also, you're creating a bond between you and them by having this conversation. And there's there's only there's never a lack of knowledge, like you there's always more to learn. And the only way you're going to do that is by putting yourself out there and asking questions. I know that this was kind of like a short piece of advice today, but I think it's really important. And it's something that I have been struggling with as well. I don't, I really don't like to burden, I can't see me, but I put that in air quotes, other people with my questions because I'm like, I can just figure it out on my own. But no, that's what they're there for. They're there and they want you to ask questions because it shows them that you care about the thing that you're asking about. So whether it be if you're looking for audition information or if in in like normal people life, if you like are trying to figure out how to do something for a job or if you're asking someone to be a reference on your resume or you're asking for advice about headshots or you're wanting to know which song you should put in your book over the other. Those are all just general, like, musical theater audition questions. But, like, don't be afraid to ask it. Because, you. and also you can never get too many opinions on those things. Because everyone has a different opinion. There is a point in which you could get too many opinions. But for the most part, the more opinions you have, the better. Because then you can really see, like, what some people think versus others. And ultimately it can help you make the final decision. So, yeah, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to learn more because there's always more to learn. And the only way to do that is to ask questions. And oh, a big one, if you're in like a dance call and you need someone to repeat the step or you need to see more details, don't be afraid to ask questions. That is something that I highly struggle with. I usually just stay silent in the background. So guys, this advice is not just for you. It's for me as well. And it's for me to remind myself of things that, I can do to better myself in this career path as well. But I hope that was insightful to all of you listeners who made it this far in the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I have so enjoyed doing these podcasts, And if they are reaching literally anyone, even if it's just my mother and father, like that just brings so much joy to me. It makes me so happy that people are listening and maybe... Um, gaining some any type of insight. I know it's like it's a super fun podcast, but like I do like do this to be somewhat influential on young aspiring artists or people who are, you know, just really love musical theater or love any aspect of the the business. I try to keep it fun and light. And it's just been it's also been a really good reminder of me to um, just like stay creative and stay active in my craft, even in these times of this pandemic. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to find me personally, you can find me on Instagram at underscore Kelsey McFall underscore. Um, or you can find me on TikTok at KelseyMC137. Those are very two different vibes. My Instagram is very polished, whereas my TikTok is very, um, I'm a little crazy on there. I'm not crazy, but like I do, I like, I'm like the funny girl TikTok. But if you want to find me on those, and if you do, just DM me and say, hey, I came from your podcast because that is, I'm so interested in seeing who came from my podcast and who didn't. And again, like, if if you don't know me, like, don't be afraid to reach out to me. Like, that's the whole like, I love meeting new people. And I love um, connecting with people, especially people who are invested in something that I um, love doing so much. So thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you next week. Um, Until then, stay safe, stay healthy. And uh, I'll see you next week. Bye, guys.